engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. America, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I need to tell you something important because y'all have bullied me into doing it. I'm sitting here putting it together during break uh, to make sure we get it out this week. A whole lot of you who subscribe to the recipes, y'all said, can, can you please just put together all of the stuff that you make for Thanksgiving, your gravy recipe? My I, Now, let me pause here. So we got Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of weeks. And I am famous for a particular gravy recipe. It is the gravy recipe that I make. It never fails. It's always great. And um, y'all might want it. It is a famous, at this point, famous recipe. Literally, y'all, I'm not kidding that uh, during Thanksgiving and Christmas, my social media will fill up with pictures of people making my gravy recipe and, and thanking me for their family finally having a decent gravy recipe for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Um, but there are a lot more than that uh, that I push out. And so I am compiling a very small cookbook of all of the Thanksgiving recipes we make. I I, I will give you the list uh, just so you have them. Um, old school green bean casserole, that's the one with the canned green beans and, and the Campbell's uh, cream of mushroom soup. And then uh, fresh green bean casserole with real fresh green beans and mushrooms. Uh, homemade macaroni and cheese, sweet potato pie, uh, chopped beef and pecan dip. It's great appetizer. Spinach and artichoke dip, sour cream biscuits, honey butter rolls, candied yams with bourbon, candied bacon, Caesar salad, uh, traditional cornbread dressing, pumpkin pie, bourbon pecan pie, pumpkin bread, apple cranberry walnut salad, buttermilk pie. Uh, breakfast quiche, sausage egg bake, chocolate pie, how I do my turkey, uh, how I make my gravy, and the French toast casserole recipe everybody likes. I'm, I'm compiling all of these recipes. It's pies and cookies. It's uh, sides. It's the turkey, some entrees in there. I'm put them all together, and I'm going to send out the recipes. And if you want it, text the word recipe, recipe to 33777, not recipes, plural, recipe singular, R-E-C-I-P-E. You text that to 33777, uh, and you're going to want to subscribe. With the link back, you'll want to subscribe. You do not have to. You can do the free subscription, and I'm going to send out a PDF. I'm putting it together right now. My assistant, Candace is going to send it out to everybody, and it'll be the PDF of all of the recipes that I make for Thanksgiving and my wife makes. My wife makes the apple cranberry walnut salad with maple dressing. Uh, and she makes the buttermilk pie and the pecan pie. 
I make the chocolate pie and the sausage egg bake, and I do the turkey. So I've got my recipe for how to do the turkey, and I've also got my turkey brine recipe uh, that I'll send out. But most importantly, the gravy. The gravy. You're going to want the gravy recipe. If you don't have a gravy recipe, you're going to want my gravy recipe. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bore the program directors of America and entertain you all for just a moment with a dissertation here. Onions. Onions. Let's talk about onions for a moment because you're headed into the holiday season. And I, I need you to know the truth. This is, these are difficult truths, and they're truths that a lot of people don't want to share with you in the cookbook industry. I need you to know the truth about onions. You're going to get a recipe for your holiday season, and it's going to say saute the onions on medium heat for five minutes until reduced and brown. And they lie. They are liars lying to you. And I want you to understand that you cannot possibly cook over medium heat and butter, saute onion, and brown it in five minutes. It takes 20 minutes. 20 minutes. You can't do it in five minutes. It is physically impossible if you because you got to raise the heat so much you burn the butter and the onion. You, you can't do it. But recipes, cookbooks tell you to brown the onion for five minutes. Why? Because it reduces the time that the recipe displays. They lie to you because they don't want you to realize it's going to take longer to brown the end because they know once you start, you're not going to stop. You'll say, ah, oh, it must be something with my stove. The heating element must be off in my stove. That's why the onion's not browning in five minutes. No, the cookbook author lied to you. He lied to you because he knows it's for your own good to wait it out to reduce the onion until it's small and brown and fragrant and delicious, but you won't do it if you think it takes the 20 minutes it actually takes. So they tell you five minutes, they lie to your face, and then you get it going and you blame your stove, not the cookbook author for lying, and eventually you get the onion to where the onion needs to be to be good. It's like in my gravy recipe. It takes 20 minutes, and I'm very clear about this, 20 minutes on medium heat. You chop that onion as finely as you can get it. You get it in there for 20 minutes. You'll brown it, and then you'll add the flour to the butter. You can't add the flour. This is where people get lumpy gravy. Flour absorbs the butter or the oil, and when that happens, the flour particles don't stick to each other. So then when you do add the water, the liquid, the stock, you don't get lumpy gravy. That's the secret to making deliciousness. But it takes you a long time to brown those onions. I'm going to compile all my recipes. It's a, just a small local book. There are only about 24 recipes. But a lot of you are going to want to use these recipes. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't conjure these recipes out of thin air. They're recipes that I found elsewhere. Some of them have credit. Uh, but a lot of them was like, I don't really like it that way. I want to change it. And so over time, I changed the recipes. And in changing the recipes, I made it the way I like it. And in making it the way I like it, I think you'll like it as well. Listen, I'm a picky eater. This is just bottom line, all honesty, I'm a picky eater. So if I like the recipe, you're going to like the recipe. So I've even got a homemade cream corn recipe in there that I love that includes lots of bacon. And it's delicious. 
but you just need to understand that um, don't be expecting some sort of massive perfection from me. Uh, You're not going to get like super gourmet recipes, but you are going to get delicious recipes because I like, have you seen me? I'm fat. I like to, I like to eat. I like good food, but I also want you to enjoy the meal. And so I'll put in my gumbo recipe. So when you have leftover turkey after Thanksgiving, you can learn how to make a gumbo. It's not that hard. Don't let the roux intimidate you. I realize I'm spending way more time on this than I possibly should. Uh, But it's because every year around this time, I start getting lots of emails from people because I do send out the recipes. And my assistant actually has been, been, she's on me constantly now to make sure I get out the the recipes. And this month, I want to do something different. I want to compile them all together instead of trickling them out to you and put them in one source. And I'm not going to lie to you about browning the onion, but I'm going to make you brown the onion. And I'll throw in some extras for you so you have appetizers for your family. The chopped beef and pecan dip sounds atrocious. The first time my wife ever made it, I was horrified to eat this stuff, and it's fantastic. There is such a thing as canned sliced beef. People eat this stuff. It's in these little cans. I think Armour makes them, and you can turn it into this incredible dip with pecans and cream cheese, and and my wife's family loves this stuff. I've got our pastor's uh, spinach artichoke dip uh, recipe, our, our former pastor, our current pastor's wife, has a buttermilk pie recipe. Now, this is a real Southern delicacy, buttermilk pie. And I'm going to put that recipe in there. It's in, in my cookbook that I wrote a few years ago. All these recipes, you can keep them. They can become your family tradition. It's free, completely free. I'm not going to charge you for it. I just want you guys to stop bothering me about the freaking Thanksgiving recipes. I'm going to give them all to you. <laughs> but I, I think you'll like them. If you text the word recipe, singular recipe, not recipes, it's recipe. Do singular recipe to 33777. It's no charge to you. Um, I want you to have all these recipes so you can you can take them or leave them. Uh, but if you've never made a cornbread dressing, you don't stuff it in the butt of the turkey. Please don't stuff your turkey with the dressing. You are going to give your family food poisoning if you stuff the dressing up the butt of the turkey because your only options are either dry out the turkey or give the people salmonella. Those are your only options when you stuff the dressing in in the turkey and cook it that way. Now, if you stuff it in the bird after the bird's cooked, you might get by with it, but you're not going to be able to have leftover dressing because of salmonella. You got to worry about the salmonella. So I want you to know how to make real, real cornbread dressing. It takes Ritz crackers, not Ritz crackers. It takes saltines. It takes cornbread. It takes uh, white bread. It takes lots of work, and it's delicious. I love it. I want you to know how to smoke a turkey on a smoker. I don't fry turkeys. I realize frying is all the rage. I like a smoked turkey. So I'll give you my smoked turkey recipe, all the little tips and tricks. Thanksgiving's coming up. And now I want you to do something else for me, if you will. This was your catch to hold on, to lure you in. We're going to get to homeschooling here in a minute. There are going to be a lot of people in America this year who cannot afford Thanksgiving. They are not going to have a turkey or sweet potatoes or green beans or cornbread dressing or cornbread at all. They're, they're not going to because they can't afford it because Joe Biden's Bidenomics sucks. Many of you are struggling this year. But if you can, while you're in the middle of texting recipe to 33777, if you change the word to donate and text the word donate to 33777, you're going to be able to buy a Thanksgiving meal for a family in need. 
$40, Hungry for a Day is partnering with food banks around the country. So for just a $40 donation, if you can afford it, you will be able to provide a family of four an entire Thanksgiving meal. Some locations, they're going to send frozen turkeys with the sides. In some locations, they're smoking or frying or roasting the turkeys. Some locations are given hams. Some are doing smoked chickens and tortillas in a big Hispanic community area with a lot of people in need. That's what they're doing. But around the country, they're meeting people where they are. They're meeting people who need a Thanksgiving meal, who want a Thanksgiving meal, who otherwise cannot afford a Thanksgiving meal. And they're relying on people across the country like you and me to do it. If you can, and and I know some of you can't, some of you are struggling as well. But if you could, if you would, text DONATE to 33777, text DONATE to 33777, you'll get a link back, click it and donate. Every $40 will feed a family of four. So $80 feeds two families. $20 will feed half a family. But if you go in 20 and someone else goes in 20, we've fed a family of four. They're going to get the turkey and they're going to get the sides from uh, Hungry for a Day around the country. This isn't just for people in the metro Atlanta area. It's for people across the country. If you could consider it, I sure would appreciate it. I it, it makes me sad to think of the people struggling right now who want their children to have a happy Thanksgiving memory. But that happy Thanksgiving memory is going to rely on you guys this year. So if you can, please do. Text donate to 33777. And let's all feed a family their Thanksgiving meal this year. Put a smile on some kid's face somewhere in the country, somewhere near you. You'll be able to help them. When we come back, homeschooling is surging across the country. And the Washington Post and progressives are sounding the alarm that how dare they, non-white families are teaching their kids at home instead of letting them be indoctrinated in public schools. I'll give you the details when we come back. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show, the perfect blend of news, analysis, opinion, and cooking. Hang on. Is that right? Yeah. Cooking. Want to be on the show? Come on. Be on the show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Hello, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you want to be on the program? Have you had a restful night's sleep? Because you got to do fallback. It is one of the never-ending dysfunctions of Washington, D.C., that the Senate has passed permanent daylight savings time, uh, daylight saving time, singular, and the House has refused to act. There are a lot of people with strong opinions on it, and I used to not, but I'm so tired of, of falling backwards and springing forwards. Just pick one. I don't care which one it is at this point. My preference is daylight saving time because I don't care about the little kids standing at the bus stop in the morning. I care about my tea time in the afternoon, and I'd like a little extra sunlight. Uh, listen, I, look, I'm just telling you what I think. Come on. We got all these little people. Oh, but the little kids, they're going to hit by the school bus in the morning. They have headlights on school buses. Teach your kids not to run out in front of the school bus, and you'll be fine. Survival of the fittest. Come on. We got tea times in the afternoon. We got tourists who want to go to Disney World and have some sunlight. I don't understand why we can't make daylight saving time. 
the permanent time choice in America. So when we all leave work in the afternoon, we still have some daylight to enjoy. Instead, we've got depression, despair, hitting deer in the afternoon. It's just, it's, it's pathetic. Rates of suicide go up. Rates of crime go up, too. Did you know that? Rolling back daylight saving time and making it darker in the evening increases crime. There's a good statistical correlation there that suggests it's actually causation, not correlation. Your kids will be fine. There were plenty of periods of darkness in the, in the uh, school bus morning zones before we fought, fell back. Your kids will be fine. It's the rest of us who are going to struggle because of it. And at this point, I just don't care, people. I don't care. Just pick one. I'm tired of it. I, I don't want to do it. Every year we say never again, and yet we keep doing it. The Senate has passed legislation to make permanent daylight saving time. The House should pass it. The president could sign it. I mean, my gosh, this man in the White House, he could use with a little extra sunshine in the afternoon. People, people, we, we need to stop doing this. Every state could pass permanent standard time, and it doesn't need an act of Congress. But those of us who would actually like some sunlight in the afternoon, we need permanent daylight saving time. And it sure would be great if Congress would finally do it instead of listening to the whiners who like a dark afternoon. Now, i got to tell you about stamps.com. Holidays are upon us. I mean, I'm literally putting together all my holiday recipes for you guys during commercial breaks today. Holidays are upon us, and you need to save some money with shipping. you got lots of stuff to ship. Stamps.com can help you. I have been a 20. They've been around for 25 years, and I've used Stamps.com for 20 years. And it just keeps getting better every year. I've got a little thermal printer now. I can literally process a package, put in the where it's going, find the cheapest rate or the fastest rate with the post office or UPS, and then I can say, pick it up. And so UPS or the post office, they come to my office or my house and they pick up the package. I never have to go wait in line. You don't have to either. It's such a good deal, such a good value. If you do a lot of shipping, if you're a small business, use stamps.com. In fact, right now you can go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, put in my name, Eric. You get a special offer. You get a four-week trial run, you get free postage, and you get a free digital skill. You do not have a long-term commitment. You do not have a long-term contract to sign. All you do is go to stamps.com. You click on the microphone and you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You start saving on your shipping today up to 84% off post office and UPS rates. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Let's talk about homeschooling. This is from The Washington Post. Homeschooling's rise from fringe to fastest growing form of education. They did a district-by-district look at the explosive growth of it with an analysis that it is outpacing public and private schools. This is just the beginning of, of the article here. They got one, two, three, four, five reporters reporting on this story. Homeschooling has become, by a wide margin, America's fastest growing form of education. As families from upper Manhattan to eastern Kentucky embrace a largely unregulated 
<laughs> hint, hint, this is where they're headed. Unregulated practice once confined to the ideological fringe. The analysis, based on data the Post collected for thousands of school districts around the country, reveals that a dramatic rise in homeschooling at the onset of the pandemic has largely sustained itself through the 2022-23 academic year, defying predictions that most families would return to schools that have dispensed with mask mandates and other COVID-19 restrictions. The growth demonstrates homeschooling's arrival as a mainstay of the American educational system with its impact on society, on public schools, and above all, on hundreds of thousands of children now learning outside a conventional academic setting, only beginning to be felt. Now, when they say uh, the fringes of society, I want you to know they link to a uh, story entitled The Revolt of the Christian Homeschoolers about an aggrieved couple who had been in a Christian family, left the faith, and and are bitter about homeschooling. The Washington Post being one of the major uh, major media publications to smear homeschoolers. And then when they say, uh, when they highlight outside a conventional academic setting, they list another story attacking homeschooling. For many homeschoolers, parents are no longer doing the teaching. Listen to this. This is fantastic. Goofstown, New Hampshire. Parents pull around the circular driveway to drop their children off in the morning. Students climb the steps and hang their backpacks on hooks. Katie Rose greets her charges and sends them into the classroom festoon with artwork where they open their laptops and begin working through math problems. But Rose is not a teacher and this is not a school. Every child here is a homeschooler. Rose, a registered nurse, had never studied or worked in education before starting her own micro school, where her title is guide for students who study math and reading online and depend on her for many other subjects. Her program is part of a company called Prinda, which last year served about 2,000 students across several states. It connects homeschool families with micro school leaders who host students, often in their homes. It's like Airbnb for education, says Prinda CEO, because its website allows customers, in this case, parents, to enter their criteria, search, and make a match. As you can imagine, based on the way the story is reported, the Washington Post is aggrieved that you or someone you trust might be teaching your children instead of an ideological hack from a teacher's union. Progressives hate homeschooling, and here's let me just tip you off on one of the ways they're trying to turn you against homeschooling. They take, remember, one of the aspects of postmodernism is an emotional ploy to make the exception become the rule and the rule becomes the exception. So, for example, there are undoubtedly students who are being homeschooled in homes or facilities that teach anti-Semitism. Or my favorite example out of Austin, Texas, was a, a homeschool group of kids who wanted a trans community safe space. So what the media does to get you, the homeschool supporter, to change your mind on it is they take the exceptions and they make them the rules. Look at this. 
They're allowing kids to do homeschooling to learn that transgenderism is a-okay and anti-Semitism and racism are okay. Are you okay with parents normalizing transgenderism in a homeschool program? They take the exception and they make an emotional appeal to you to say, oh my gosh, we need to send these kids back to the public schools where what? They're indoctrinating them into transgenderism. Don't let the emotional ploy work on you. This is, by the way, how they've rallied opposition to school choice in Georgia. I know people who have fallen for fallen the bait, taken the bait on this. What they do is they say, oh, if your private school allows kids from state institutions to come in on school choice vouchers, the state will regulate your school. And they say, oh, my gosh. I send my kid to a private school because I don't want the state regulating my school. Oh, my gosh. Why do I don't support school choice anymore. I know people who have decided they don't support school choice because the left gave them that argument and it worked. It, it scared them. They were dupes and they got duped. The answer is, well, you know what? My school doesn't want to be regulated by the state, so we're not going to participate in the program. You can't make us. But no, no, they would rather destroy school choice for everybody. And this is what the Post is doing here. Let me give you the numbers from the Post. In states with comparable enrollment figures, the number of homeschool students increased 51% over the past six school years, far outpacing the 7% growth in private school enrollment. Public school enrollment dropped 4% in those states. Homeschooling surging popularity crosses every measurable line of politics, geography, and demographics. The number of homeschooled kids has increased 373% over the past six years in the small city of Anderson, South Carolina. It's increased 358% in a school district in the Bronx. In 390 districts, including the Post's analysis, there was at least one homeschooled child in every 10, for every 10 in public schools during the 21-22 academic year. The most recent, which district-level federal enrollment data is available. That's roughly quadruple the number from 2017 to 2018, signifying a sea change in how many communities educate their children and an urgent challenge for a public education system. Despite claims that the whole homeschooling movement is a result of failing public schools, the Post found no correlation between school district quality as measured by standardized test scores and homeschooling growth. In fact, high-scoring districts had some of the biggest spikes in homeschooling early in the pandemic, though by the fall of 22, increases were similar regardless of school performance. Well, that's a kind of dumb estimate because so many of these schools were closed at the time. But also... There are a whole lot of people who have realized it doesn't matter how good the school is if they're indoctrinating our kids. They don't want their kids to be part of it. And of course, there are all sorts of red alerts in here that we need to regulate parents. We, we need to crack down on this, that that maybe these kids are, are going to be underperforming kids. This is part of the problem here, too. I mean, listen to this. Of the of the 10 districts with the most homeschooled kids, nine are in Florida. That's partly because the state's large school districts, but also because its elected officials have grown friendlier to home education as they saddle public schools with politically charged restrictions on what can be taught about race and gender. Don't you love the bias of the paragraph? But listen to this. 
homeschooled kids in Florida aren't required to sit through the same standardized tests as their public school peers, but they're allowed to join high school sports teams and are eligible for the same scholarships at public universities. And of course, there's a public school board member. It's a tremendous imbalance says Hillsborough County School Board member Lynn Gray. After decades as a public and parochial school teacher, Gray taught history part-time for several years at Catholic homeschooling cooperatives. She said that experience left her worried about many homeschool kids' academic preparation and lack of exposure to diverse points of view. She's convinced home education should not be most families' first choice. Got that? Your children may not be exposed to woke ideology by being homeschooled. And this woman in the Washington Post think that's a bad thing. And how dare you, how dare you homeschool your children and get to take advantage of public school scholarships for advanced learning in college? How dare you homeschool kids compete with the public school kids? If the public school kids are good in good education, they're going to get the scholarship. The smarter kid will prevail, and that's what's upsetting to these people, is because more and more kids in public schools will not be able to compete because the homeschool kids come out smarter. It's remarkable. Remarkable. Of course, every time the Washington Post takes on homeschooling, They do so with a negative slant. They do so with a with a a a slant that this is this is horrible. We need the government to step in and regulate these people who are homeschooling their kids. Listen to this though: Afua Brown, who lives in Harlem, pulled her daughter out of a public elementary school in 2015 after she was bullied in kindergarten. Private school was too expensive, so Brown tried her hand at homeschooling. She eventually became a leader in the New York City Home Educators Alliance, where she watched the local homeschool community expand. But while their ranks can feel large at the organization's science fairs, picnics, and ice skating days, Brown recognizes homeschoolers are a tiny fraction of the city's school-aged kids. Her children were among 377 in the fall of 2022 in a school district, including Manhattan's Upper West Side and part of Harlem, where public enrollment is close to 20,000. It feels like there's a bunch of us, but in reality, there's not many of us. In only one of the city's districts, Staten Island, are there more than a 1,000 homeschooled kids. But that's different in Pulaski County, Kentucky, where homeschooling's grown 75%. There's now 908 homeschool kids in a district with fewer than 7,800 students. It's remarkable how they highlight this and it's always it's it's the southern white kids who are who are the racists who are being indoctrinated who are leaving excellent schools and how dare they leave these excellent schools and yet the progress speaks for itself the progress speaks for itself homeschooling kids do well homeschooling kids thrive And homeschooling continues to grow because the public schools continue to fail, because the public schools continue to to turn out uh, kids who are illiterate. This just uh, recreation day for gangs in many cases. 
but the Washington Post doesn't want to talk about the failures of the public schools. The Washington Post wants to tell you that homeschooling is going well even in excellent school districts. How can that be? How could these parents pull their kids out of good schools? Do you know what they're learning in those schools? They're being indoctrinated, not educated. The parents want their kids to have an education. At the end of the day, it's the parents' right to do it. And it is remarkable that the Washington Post that believes democracy dies in the darkness wants the people of the nation to have their homeschooling choices regulated punitively by the state to force them back into the failing public schools. But that's where this all heads. Again, every time the Washington Post covers homeschooling, their coverage is distinctly hostile to it. And yet there are more and more families homeschooling because at the end of the day, they know their kids get a better education than what the public school system offers, and we should let them do that. It's their choice. It's their kid. Now, if you homeschool, your kid's still going to need a computer. You might need a computer too. Vision computers can build the computers for you. Get your kid involved in the process like we did with ours. Uh, sit down with Vision. Let them interview your kid on what they need, what they want, and build a computer that's going to last them. That's what we did. You can do this for your office or your home. Vision can build your laptops and desktops, and Vision can then service them. So you get a phone number to call. I don't have the number. Well, I do at home because we can call them at home, but I don't have it here to give to you. But I can tell you if you call them, they answer 15 seconds or less. They can diagnose your computer problem. You can ask them a question. If you don't know how to do something, they'll give you the answer. So it's such installing or uninstalling software, things like that, they can help you. They can handle email support, printer support, all that sort of stuff, even down to the basis of did you remember to plug it in? Vision computers can do this for your family. They can do this for your office. If you're a small businessman and you can't afford the extraordinary costs of IT departments and tech, let Vision take care of it for you. If you don't have Vision's computers for a small annual fee, they'll become your tech support. And your employees, all of them, can call whenever there's a problem. And faster than a Google search, Vision will take care of you. You can go to visioncomputers.com, visioncomputers.com. You can also call them, 404-COMPUTE, 404-COMPUTE. If you call them at 404-COMPUTE, you can ask them about the Eric Erickson special. You can save even more money than what you get just by going to visioncomputers.com. But you can check them out at visioncomputers.com and then call them, 404-COMPUTE. Let them build your PC, laptop, or desktop, and then be your IT support. He's got the courage to tell you the actual truth, even when it isn't popular. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting ERIC to 33777 now. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me, except we're kind of out of time. And, and let me go here towards the end. Let me squeeze in Greg's phone call. Greg, we got about two minutes left. Welcome. Hey, thank you. I, I absolutely agree on the homeschooling, and I just want to give you an insider information. And I have a wife that works in the school system, the best uh, top-rated uh, school system in the state of Georgia, public school system. Yet, there's discipline issues. Parents don't discipline the kids. Teachers, they've adopted uh, pseudo-woke discipline uh, uh, program. So the, I'm told that a number of the teachers are going to quit, leave, and get out of teaching. So we're going to have a teacher shortage. So even the better public schools are driving themselves out of business with their with their policies. 
Yeah, they are. And this is the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is, is you can have a school district that charts as just off the chart, super fantastic and all of that. But the problem is that in a lot of these school districts, they're still engaged in a level of indoctrination of the students that um, the, the, the parents don't like. I mean, the parents, after COVID, more and more parents started realizing, I got to pay attention to what's happening with my kids and their education. I've, I've got to pay attention to it. And people are starting to pay attention, and they don't like what they see. They, they genuinely are horrified by what they see. And the result is more and more people are pulling their kids out of these schools, as they should, frankly. Um, get them out of the schools. The best thing you can do for your child's education at this point is get, them, get your kid out of the public school system because your children are otherwise going to be indoctrinated by the public school system. And, I mean, I, I, I all the time get these get parents who are like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Um, it, it's it's so awful. My kids are, they're getting taught by woke people. Yes, your kids are getting taught by woke people and you need to get them out of the school system. I mean, just to be that blunt with you, you, you got to get your kids out of the school system and you got to get them into private school or homeschool co-op. You can do cooperatives now because so many school districts, including the top school districts in the country, have given up on teaching your kids. I mean, we had a situation in uh, Cobb County, uh, Georgia, where there was a, a, a PE teacher, and this is like a first grade class or show for, I think it was Valentine's Day, something like that, pulled the kids in, and instead of doing PE, showed them a video that normalized, like, uh, little kids, same-sex relationships. It, it, was, it was one of the most bizarre things. And it was a, a student, or it was a, a teacher's aide who raised the red flag in the school district, got very defensive, including what I mentioned on the radio. They're like, oh, we're, we're aware of the situation and we would disagree with the characterization. Oh, well, the kids knew they were smart enough to tell their parents and the parents got upset about it. You force change and enforcing change, you get a better education for your kids. There's no reason to keep your kids in public schools that are indoctrinating the children. It's bad. You improve the nation by getting your kids out of public school, frankly. And I know not everybody can. And if you can't, be vigilant, stay strong, and fight for your kids in the public school system as well. I'll see you guys tomorrow.